welcome. It's eight minutes after the hour. Gary on guns. I am pleased to tell you that we have Chuck Basie on board, state representative, Second Amendment supporter. We have Dale Roberts on board, MoGunLaw.com. And Garson is in from Graffs, and he, of course, brought in a couple of exciting uh, uh, firearms, and we're going to chat about those in a minute. Uh, Michael sent me a message and asked about his CCW. Uh, he said, if I accidentally allow my permit to expire, do I have to take the classes again? Uh, it seems to me you don't if you still, if you have a, a copy of your, you know, maybe, what would you call it, a diploma? Training certificate. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, and, and, and I, I mean, first of all, the statute says if it expires, you can still renew it within the first six months. Um, you just pay the uh, $10 a month, basically a penalty or late fee to get it renewed. Um, and then after, if you let it expire and it's been expired for more than six months, you have to go through... You know, paying the $100 as if you're doing it all over again, uh, have your fingerprints or background check, whatever, but your certificate is still good. You know, you've, you've been trained by someone who's recognized in the state of Missouri as, a, as an authorized trainer. Your certificate's good. So you can't go wrong with that. By the way, quick reminder, I got a, a message earlier this morning that there is going to be a shooting competition benefiting Sarah Walsh for Congress. That will be on Saturday, April 9th. Uh, they say from 4 until 5 o'clock is a social hour. Um, I don't know that, uh, you know, that Garson is social enough, but, but he could go uh, if he wanted, I suppose. And then 5 to 7 is the competition, and it's going to be at Ammo Alley, 11562 County Road 395 in Hartsburg. So if you want to support a great candidate and you want to have some fun and do a shooting competition, uh, then uh, this will be Saturday, April 9th at Ammo Alley, 11562 County Road 395 in Hartsburg, Missouri. Uh, and that always, uh, shooting competitions are always great fun. Uh, let's see, there was something else that I wanted to get to here. I guess I'll, I'll do it later because I... I've moved all my web pages around. Um, Garson has brought in a couple of firearms here, and are they all? They're all clones. Yeah, they're both clones. Uh, well, clones with modifications and improvements over the originals. Um, I, I was actually I'd not I didn't even heard of either of these until they showed up on our doorstep, and I'm I'm really impressed with both of them. Um, the first one is a Rock Island Arsenal out of the Philippines, the STK-100. It is a Glock clone, but it is not a polymer frame gun. It is a two-piece cast aluminum frame, um, which I think is really cool. So it adds it adds heft to the Glock platform. Um, but it's not so heavy that it's hard to carry. Well, um I was thinking more along the lines for a competition pistol. So there's a couple, a couple, actually almost a decade ago now, there's a company called Capital City Firearms that had the CCF race frame where they were making Glock frames out of stainless steel, aluminum, and titanium. Um, but they were, they were machining those out of solid, you know, billets of aluminum or titanium or steel. And they, they had some flaws. Um, this is a, 
I'm guessing it's cast, but it's two piece that's sandwiched together and then and then screwed together. Um, so it's a two piece frame. They make you know left side and right side, slap it together, and then run some bolts through it to hold everything together. But the weight on it is close uh, close to my 226, I think. Maybe just a tad bit heavier. But they've lightened the slide. It's cut for optics. And um, the, the trigger pull on it is super crisp. Um, I think that's because of the stiffness of the aluminum frame over the polymer frame that it's able to do that. It's got a beaver tail built into it. It's super comfortable. The, the, the grip on the frame is... is Pleasant without being like overly aggressive, and then it's smooth on the back, so you can get a good purchase on it out of the holster. Um, so I think a pretty quick draw with that will be pretty easy to accomplish. Um, I, I I just I I want to shoot the thing really bad because there's nothing I don't like about this gun the way it feels in my hand. So is it going to be a race between you and the listeners? <laughs> I I believe there was a bunch in stock. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. And for what it is, it's only 530 bucks at the shop. Wow. That's, that's a good price. Yeah, I mean, it's, a- it's, it's, it's a tad bit more than what a regular Glock will cost you. But it's got, you know, it's optic cut, slide lightning, and all these extra features. And, and this heavier frame that's going to absorb recoil. <clears throat> and it feels like, what, 23, 25 ounces? I mean, it's like... It's about the weight of my 1911 Commander size. Um, they're officially calling it out at 1.8 pounds. So that's 24 ounces? Yeah. Oh, no, that's uh, more than that. Well, so, so anyway, yeah, it's about the weight of, like I said, I've got a, you know, three-inch it's, it's, slide 1911. I'd say it's a little lighter than a Breda 92, a tad bit heavier than a Sig 226. Yeah. Got a nice feel. I like it. Yeah, I'm. It's impressive. It's I, not a 1911, but it's, but I like. <laughs> but I like it. You know me. I'm stick in the mud. <laughs> well, you're you're not alone. I'm stuck in that same mud. I, and then, of course, it runs off of Glock magazines, but it does have a 1911 um, 110 degree grip angle. So, um, the the 1911 fans will like that, since it uh, makes that grip a little more upright than your than the standard European guns. What a, a nice uh, combination. That is really neat. And at that price, I don't see how you can go wrong. Well, and if you think that price is good, you're going to love this one. But wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, but wait, there's more. So the SDS Imports is importing the Zigna PX9, or the PX series of guns. This is the 9G2. It's only $376. Really? Uh, yeah. And that's uh, that's kind of a, a, a Springfield clone, isn't it? Uh, yeah, this is this is a clone of the Springfield Armory XD series pistols. Um, it's very similar. The top end um, is almost indistinguishable uh, mechanically from a from an XD. It's got a target adjustable sight on the on the back. Um, when it's cocked, the the back of the firing pin sticks out with a red indicator. Uh, but it does have a manual safety. Um, I believe there's some models available without the manual safety. Um, but this does not have the uh, the inner internal trigger safety. Uh, that the XD uses, um, so I think that's the trade-off with the manual safety. But the cool thing about this is, it's got grip. The grip frame is like an HK P30. The front strap and the sides are replaceable with panels, um, and it has a it has that same kind of texture as the HK guns. Um, 
And then to top it all off, it'll run on SIG 226 magazines. So neat. there's, you know, it's there's under 400 bucks. Yeah, there's thousands of SIG magazines out there. SIG magazines are relatively cheap. Uh, Metgar makes, you know, a hands down unstoppable magazine for the, t- in the $20 range. Um, so instead of, you know, forcing you to buy another proprietary magazine, they went with, you know, short of going with a bread and 92 magazine. This is probably one of the most prolific magazines, uh, for a double stack 1911 that's out or double stack, uh, nine millimeter out there. Um, the gun feels great. Um, it's got a rail, no, no extra, extra features like the, uh, the rock Island, but, um, it feels super solidly built. Um, I, I love the feel of this gun. I haven't tried any of the other back straps, but, um, I, 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 I can't imagine it being able to be more comfortable than it is already. <laughs> it's just uh, a clean clone of a, of a well-established, super reliable firearm. Wow. And I, you know, I, I think it's important having quality firearms out there at a price that folks can afford. I mean, yeah. you and, and I, you know, we buy guns and, you know, we like it's we're not bashful about spending money from time to time. But, you know, a lot of people, single moms and people who need to, you know, who are on a budget need to be able to defend themselves. But but I don't want to see them buy. I won't name the brand, you know, certain guns that are just not reliable. I, I really like seeing something like this where it's a, you know, quality handgun. Yeah. Well, and price I'm, people. I'm never going to carry the most expensive guns I own. That's just not happening. I I buy price point guns to carry because they're going to live a harder life than my safe down. queens. No, no, no. The, they're going to live a they're going to live a much harder life than my safe queens. They're going to get shot a lot. They're going to get shot with hotter ammo, and they're going to be exposed to dirt and sweat and rain and mud and gook and grime and you know everything everything else you're going to run into during the course of a day. And I'm, I'm not putting you know a collect, collectible. Or a or a you know a bespoke handgun through that. Fair enough. This PX9 has uh, an 18 round mag, one in the in the chamber, so you got 19 rounds. It's got plenty of uh, firepower, uh, and it's really at a great price point. And you've got more of them. Um, there's more available. This is the only one we have at, at the shop. But I, I was watching some of the videos on YouTube about this because apparently they got a bunch of these in and got them out to the the gun reviewers and um they they look accurate they're they're shooters they're hands down shooters and um sds has been able to bring in a lot of really nice guns at a very affordable price and um and zigna in turkey seems to be manufacturing at a level that um far exceeds my expectations of a gun that comes out of turkey (laughs) Wow, some great deals to be had. Uh, we, you know, there's there's always a question about the avail the availability of ammo. We're going to find out what that is, whether that is uh, getting better at graphs. We'll take phone calls. All coming up on Gary on Guns Hot Talk ninety three nine The Eagle, and it is nine twenty four. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. A uh, listener sent me a link on Missouri state knife laws. Uh, the old law versus the new law. We'll get, we talked about this earlier in the program. If you missed it, it's, you should have been listening at, in the 8 o'clock hour. 
then there is the uh, question of ammunition. Uh, everybody wants to know, every week, somebody calls or sends me a message and says, ask them about the availability of ammunition. So, Garson, if I go down to graphs, can I get 223? Can I get 90, uh, 9 millimeter? Can 90 I get, millimeter. Yeah, 90. Yes. That's a very large gun. And, uh, you got to be a big, uh, real man to I, carry. I need it. one of those to go with my 88 Magnum. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's dumber than stupid. Uh, so, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how's the availability of ammo <laughs> down at Graff's? Uh, we got a little bit of nine. Uh, got a whole bunch of two twenty three in. We got a big shipment from Winchester. Um, so if you, if you want some uh, some Lake City five five six M eight fifty five, I think we got that stacked up to the rafters right now. I don't know how much of it's already sold, but um, yeah, we've we've got. I know we've got some in inventory for sale still. Um, we got a few boxes of 300 Winchester short mag and 300 wind mag from Sierra, which will make a lot of people happy, although it's a little late for, um, you know, deer season. But I guess get it now so you don't have to search for it before next deer season. And then the next question, the second part of the question is the cost. Like, is, is the price coming halfway back there? Like, 556, five, is it getting... Uh, de depending on the inflation and the value of the dollar, it could be any price, <laughs> depending on when you show up, I guess. Uh, shotgun shells? Or how are we doing? With <laughs> Still not good on shotgun shells. Uh, we were able to secure um, a small batch of primed holes from Fiocchi. Um, I guess they had a, a little bit of an overrun in their last batch, and uh, we were able to get some, un uh, some unloaded primed holes, which have been selling like hotcakes. So if you're reloading shot shell ammo, um, hit us up. We got we got holes in stock in 12 gauge right now, uh, but they are going fast. Okay, all right. With that in mind, let's go to the phones. We'll get this taken care of because Les is hanging on. Les, welcome. Glad to have you on, Gary on Guns. Hey, Gary, uh, Dale, Chuck, um, Carlson. I had to wipe my my radio down when uh, Carlson was describing that that gun. He was drooling so much it, it got all over my radio too. You're talking about Garson, yeah? Yeah, uh, he, when he was describing his pistol there, that that uh, he was drooling so much. Uh, constitutional carry. You're talking in Alabama. That was signed on March 14th by uh, Governor De DeWine. Well, that was in Ohio. Alabama, Governor DeWine is Ohio. Ohio. I'm sorry, Ohio. But in Alabama, also on March 11th, uh, KIV also signed in a constitutional carry. And the Nebraska's uh, House-slash-Senate, they are combined, uh, has also uh, voted on uh, forwarding a constitutional carry there. Now, I, I was reading a long article from a, a lady in Chicago, and she was always under this impression, the perception, that white patriots own guns and black criminals own guns but black people the common uh not common but but the, the people generally and living in chicago she understood that she had to get a foia card but then she found out that all of these other states around you don't need all these regulations you don't need these cards you don't have to ask for permission to buy a gun and when you look at constitutional carrier duh that's what it says in the constitution and she's going well well i was always brought up brought up that i could not own a gun that i could not afford a gun and this gets into the affordability 
that the 38 Special was a bad, cheap gun and to stay away from all of this. She's joined a gun club. She's learned how to, to defend herself. She is showing her family all, all of this and, and with pride, and she's trying to change these laws in, in the uh, communist state of Illinois to working to be more constitutional the thoughts and the and the perceptions are just just crazy out there of oh oh i gotta follow these laws no no there are free states out there and look to free states just like missouri leading the way i want to touch on the police resource officers going all right you gotta look less i'm I'm sorry (laughs) you're kind of i'm rattling on i'm rattling on yeah but constitutional carry is raising its head higher and higher, and thanks to Chuck and other people in the state legislature, and and to Dale and Garson. Garson ought to fill up his car and just pop a trunk every every time it comes to your show. He can sell out right there. I'll let you guys go. All right, Les. Thanks for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, good, if I'm not mistaken, Chuck, you call that a a, a filibuster, don't you, in the legislature? When- <laughs> Yeah, Les is a good guy, though. But he yes, is. He, he is. He, he's. Uh, yeah, he was uh, covering a lot of a lot of points there. Boy, he sure was. All right, <laughs> Missouri state knife laws. Earlier in the program, we were talking about uh, switchblades, and uh, actually, Dale brought up an interesting, uh, made an interesting observation, uh, and this is going to kind of echo that. Uh, but I'm not sure, if, uh, Brian. What do I have? About forty-five seconds. About a minute. It's going to be a little close. Maybe we'll do that in the next segment. Also, um, you know that in uh, this whole thing in Ukraine with Russia, that all of these citizens are being armed. Uh, And there's some hypocrisy here because, uh, you know, Democrats in Washington are willing to ship those guns there to let Ukrainians uh, carry. uh, But, of course, they don't want us to. Uh, but, But wait, there's more. There's a lefty out there. Who thinks there's a huge difference and we shouldn't be talking about this, you know, that the part of the best defense Ukraine has is that their citizens are armed. He says that's that's not true. It's not a deterrent. But it is. And we'll talk about that, too. All coming up on Gary on Guns. And it is 935. Glad to have you with us. Chuck Basie on board, state representative, Second Amendment supporter, good all around good guy. Uh, then uh, Dale Roberts is with us, MoGunLaw.com. Uh, if you go to the website, it's under construction uh, and has been forever. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Eventually. I'm working on it. Yeah, he'll get to it. <clears throat> and then Carson is in from Grafs in Mexico, Missouri. Well worth the ride, I'm telling you. Uh, in the meantime, uh, update on this knife law thing. We're going to get to that. Uh, comments about uh, the, the uh, deterrent effect of American gun owners uh, to foreign uh, 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 parties trying to invade. But first, we'll go to the phones because Philip is on and he's got a question. Philip, welcome to Gary on Guns. How are you? Very well. Good morning, gentlemen. Quick question for Garson might be redundant, but just stuff running through my head. Are NICS checks required for firearm transfers from one individual to the other? No, there's no legal requirement for that. Um, Nix has made it available for personal transfers for some reason. Um, so if, if you're selling a gun to somebody you don't know and you want to make sure that you're not transferring a gun to somebody that may be a felon, it might be a good idea. But, no, you have no legal requirement to do that. 
Right. I didn't know, you know, as you as a gun dealer, if you perform that transfer for two individuals, if you all were required to do that. Um, yes. So if you bring in a gun, um, we can charge a fee for doing it. But, right. yeah, we, we, we would have to process, um, you know, the next check for a private party transfer um, if we're asked to. So if I right. wanted to buy a gun from Philip, uh, Philip could take me to Gar's, to Graf's and say, uh, do a NICS check on Gary. And you guys would yeah. be obligated to do it or you guys would just do it? We, we, we would do it. I mean, there's there's nothing saying that we're we're forced to do it, but I mean, but you it, it's it. a responsibility of an FFL, and we're gonna we're gonna live up to that responsibility. And and it, right. that takes up some of your man hours, uh, so it costs you money to do that. Yeah, and we have to main the, maintain yeah. that uh, form in perpetuity. So, correct, correct. Yep, yep. That answered my question. It just like I said, just a thought running through my head. You know, with the possibility of transferring to. The, from one individual, say, to a felon who's not allowed to carry the firearm. So that's all that I had, guys. Thank all you right, for your Phil, program. Thank you. Glad to have you on, Gary, on guns. Um, we talked earlier about uh, knife laws, and a listener sent me a, 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 a web to a website, uh, Tecto, um, and it's uh, Missouri State Knife Laws, the old laws uh, versus the new law. And it's kind of interesting because, uh, well... In all honesty, uh, our our resident attorney uh, pretty much hit the nail on the head. Up until 2012, Missouri knife laws weren't overly friendly, they write. It was against state law to carry an automatic knife. An automatic knife, is that just another way of saying switchblade? Yes, D yeah. I'm sure, yes. Times have changed and so have the laws. The law was revised and amended to remove automatic knives from the list of prohibited weapons. This means now it's legal to own and carry a switchblade in Missouri. However, bear in mind that it's only legal to carry an automatic knife or switchblade as long as it doesn't violate federal laws. This means you need to be aware of the federal laws regarding automatic knives or switchblades. The law allows a person to possess or carry a switchblade on or about his person if the blade is less than three inches long. A list of uh, knives legal to own in Missouri, uh, dirks, stilettos, and other slim knives, boot knives, and other daggers, um, undetectable knives that can't be picked up by metal detectors, throwing stars and throwing axes, bowie knives, and other legal knives. It's legal to own and carry an automatic knife or switchblade without violating federal laws. Limits on carry. Uh, one may conceal carry any pocket knife with a folding blade less than four inches. However, it is illegal to conceal carry any other knife in Missouri on your person or in your vehicle. You may open carry any legal knife. Take away the confusing jargon and legal terms, and the law is very simple. Own and carry any knife, open or concealed, even a switchblade, without breaking federal laws. So, Dale, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Go figure. Yeah, you you got it. You hit it squarely on the thumb. <laughs> um, there is a, a story at Bearing Arms. <clears throat> We've got it up at uh, the Facebook page for Gary on Guns, um, and it says that uh, since the leadership to Russia uh, lead up rather to uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, a lot of us started pointing out how Ukrainian government started arming civilians. They knew that Russian power would be difficult to blunt, but with an armed populace, 
they could do so. Uh, they could do it uh, so that they uh, so they handed everyone guns. Kind of echoed the uh, the kind of thing Second Amendment advocates have been saying for years. However, it seems that some supposed experts still disagree that an armed populace can deter invasion. And the problem here is they didn't go to somebody who has military background. They didn't go to somebody who has uh, experience, uh, you know, fighting door to door. They went to a or even former a, enemies of uh, our country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went. They instead went to a, a an attorney. Sorry, Dale. Um, American gun rights. Actually, a constitutional expert. Uh, American gun rights supporters have been crowing recently that the civilian resistance in Ukraine against Russia's invading force illustrates the importance of the U.S. Constitution's Second Amendment. They say that guarantees uh, that guaranteed right to bear arms, coupled with the fact that. The United States is the only nation with more guns than people. Uh, nearly 400 million firearms in civilian hands makes us safer from an attack uh, and more capable of fighting outside oppression. But are they correct? With the proliferation of guns in American households, where four in ten adults have access to a firearm, really deter a potential invasion? Experts say the answer likely is no for a variety of reasons. And although a heavily armed citizenry could play a role in resisting an occupation, staving off an invasion from a foreign power was not necessarily what the framers of the Second Amendment had in mind. Part of the problem, they write, is at least one expert saying that an armed populace wouldn't deter an invasion is constitutional law professor. Uh, that's a job title that conveys absolutely no expertise in military affairs. And he said citizens with guns would not be a match for modern military weaponry in an armed conflict. Question, if the Democrats keep telling us our AR-15s are weapon of war, weapons of war, how can they argue that if we are armed that we would be no match for an armed conflict? Anybody have, I mean, how can it be both? Either it's a weapon of war and we can use it or to to uh, stave off an invasion, or it's not a weapon of war, and we'd get hammered. It, it's weapon fluid, Gary. Weapons <laughs> fluid. <laughs> and and I was I was going to quote State Representative Chuck Basie uh, last week on the House floor, responding to another legislator when he asked her, "Are you just for local control when you agree with it?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and Chuck knows what I referred to, because that seems to be, you know, the narrative for some people that uh, that uh, they, you know, it's if they agree with it, then yes, that's the standard, and if they don't, then it's just wrong. Yeah, I guess it's uh, it's how you feel today, sort of. Sure, and I, you know, I have a, a friend. I love him. He's a friend, but he's liberal, and he doesn't understand. Uh, concepts related to weapons, but on this point, I, he, it's interesting. He tells me he does not think an individual should be allowed to have a handgun, but inasmuch as the Second Amendment is meant to allow us the opportunity to throw off a tyrannical government, he does think an, an individual has the right to have fully automatic weapons and cannons and machine guns, you know, bazookas, He's fine with, you know, significant, you know, weapons of, with significant firepower. He just doesn't think we should have pistols. What? Which, it, I, well, 
I kind of get his reason. I don't understand. He's a, he's liberal and he's an attorney, so consider the source. But his logic that you know the Second Amendment says we should be able to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government, and he and he says therefore you should have the right to fully automatic weapons and you know cannons and things. But your handgun's not going to help you throw off a tyrannical government. Therefore, you don't need that. So when we go to war, none of the, our military carry a sidearm? I think that would be his logic. But and, they do. I, and, well, I agree. And I, and I will say I, I, it's faulty logic. I, but it's interesting that, that you know, a person who is liberal and uncomfortable with guns was actually very comfortable with people having fully automatic weapons and bazookas and cannons, uh, just not small arms. Uh, Garson, what do you think of that? It's twisted logic. It's dumber than, sorry, Garson. <laughs> well, they 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 can't oppose. They can't be opposed to Ukraine defending itself because then they'd look like idiots. So they have to be for it, but they still don't want to be for it here because they're the enemy here. <laughs> That's just dumber than stupid. Yes. All right. Let me uh, let me do this. We got a couple of callers on the line. We're going to try to get to those. Uh, and we'll we'll kind of wrap up on this uh, this whole uh, uh, argument that being uh, uh, armed as civilians isn't a deterrent. Uh, I think it was Yamamoto who made a famous quote about this. We'll talk about it next. I'm Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. It is uh, nine fifty one. Glad to have you with us, Chuck Basie, uh, Garson from Graphs, and then uh, Dale Roberts on board MoGunLaw.com. Let me uh, go to the phones here, and then I'll wrap up on this deterrent factor because uh, I believe it is a deterrent factor that Americans have guns, and that makes it difficult for people to invade. Uh, Ken, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary uh, on Guns. How are you? I'm good. Uh, morning, gentlemen. Hey, when you was reading off the new uh, Missouri statutes on knives, uh, did you say that it's illegal to carry a, like a hunting knife in your vehicle? Uh, it's not concealed. It's just, I mean, I've got mine laying in the in the console or, you know, you look in the door, you can see it. Well, let me see if I can uh, go back over that. Uh, Dale, do you have any insight into this? I, you know, I don't off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll say this because I don't do a lot with knives. Um, but I'll say this, you know, if you use the analogy of firearms, it has all it was always lawful to have a, a firearm in your car if it was open, if, if they could see it. The, the, mm -hmm. the law said, well, you can't, the previous law, the law previously said you couldn't have a concealed weapon in your car. And it's yeah. not, and I, right. and I don't, I don't want to get you in trouble. It's my understanding that that law is the same for knives. If it's open and visible, that's not the problem. All right. Well, yeah. according, according to Techco, uh, it is legal to own dirks, stilettos, and other slim knives, boot knives, and other daggers, uh, butterfly knives, undetectable knives that can't be picked up by metal detectors. I don't understand that. Throwing stars. Yes, I do understand that. Uh, Bowie knives and other large knives. It is legal to own and carry an automatic knife or switchblade without violating federal laws. That is the size of the blade. Limits on carry. One may conceal carry any pocket knife with a folding blade less than four inches. It is illegal to conceal carry any other knife in Missouri on your person or in your vehicle. 
you may open carry any legal knife. Take away the confusing <laughs> jargon they write and legal terms, and the law is very simple. Own and carry any knife, open or concealed, even switchblades, without breaking federal laws. Yeah, I'd keep mine in there just on count. Uh, you know, if you ever get in an accident where you got to get out real quick and you're, you're, you can't get your pocket knife to cut your yeah, you got to cut your seatbelt. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just curious about that. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. All right, Ken, you are welcome. Uh, let's see. Wade is next. Wade, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Hi there. Um, so I let my concealed carry permit expire last year, and I'm wondering what my options are, if, uh, and what would, where, and when would be the next class that I could do to renew or. Can, you shouldn't have I... to take the class again okay. if you have a copy of the the uh, paper that says you've taken the class and passed okay. it. Okay, well, I thought uh, I thought if you let it expire for too long that you had to retake it. So Now, how long has it been, by the way? Uh, it's been over a year, uh, February of last year. Yeah. All right, you just take that paper from your trainer uh, and, and just go to the sheriff's office and start from scratch. Okay, all right, good deal. All right, Appreciate wait, it. thank you. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Cliff, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Cliff? Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, there's a very famous photograph of a guy carrying his buddy, when, and he's still firing a, uh, a firearm while the buddy's carrying him. So now you're going to tell me he's supposed to have a bazooka shooting at the at the people? What? There's a very famous picture of a World War II guy. He's carrying his buddy on his yeah. back. Yeah. The buddy is shooting a handgun. Yeah. Oh, oh, so, oh, oh, so, this so, is so in now, reference so, to Dale's friend. Yeah, so so now you're telling me he's supposed to have a bazooka? Yeah, or firing? a fully automatic weapon. He can't use his handgun. <laughs> All right, Cliff, point well made. Thank you. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Chuck, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Hello? Yeah, Chuck. Hey, I, I was just curious. Um, I have a domestic in my past literally over a decade is there any way i can get that cleared so i can actually start buying guns and, and owning them dale <clears throat> if you're excuse me if you're referring to a conviction for domestic abuse of some sort um i mean first of all you have to apply to have it expunged and i'm not sure there are certain things under the statute it's uh 610.140 is the statute. Uh, there are certain things that the law does not allow a person to expunge. And I'm not off the top of my head, can't recite those. But my knee-jerk reaction is that that's going to be one of the things that you can't. Um, the statute is kind of strict on what can and cannot be expunged. Uh, but even then, so then the second half of the equation is, and I'm working on a case like this for a guy right now, uh, once Missouri says it's expunged, uh, the order is sent to the FBI and they send, you know, hand it off to their NICS program and basically tell them, take him out of the, out of the computer so that he'll be able to pass a NICS check. And there are certain expungements that the FBI, that the federal government will not recognize. And as I said, I'm kind of fighting on 
fighting uh, with the Fed on one of those right now. I just uh, got a response from the ATF on Wednesday on it, and I'm now dealing with Nick's. Um, so it's, you know, you have to go back and look at what the conviction was. It's it's tough to undo those. Does that answer your... Well, that's, it does. It does. It's got some research behind it that I'm going to have to do and see if I can get that done then. Yeah. So if you do a search in, in Google, if you just put RSMO 610.140 and search it. All right. Maybe you can contact him uh, through MoGunLaw.com. Uh, Mo Chuck, got to run. Guys, thanks for being with us. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.